literally yeah. like yeah. it's our luck that <laughs> it's magic it's fine some guy dishes. is like i'm gonna clean the kitchen yeah he's like uh five o'clock that's the time i should really clean the kitchen right now <laughs> so funny and welcome back to the indie idiot my name is justin andrew davis i am your chief idiot your host your know nothing um today we have with us tessa byford a friend a neighbor all-around badass uh, she's produced a number of filmed contents for me. Uh, I guess you would call them films, not filmed contents. And uh, here's a little bit about her. Tessa Byford is a social impact producer, born in Peru and raised in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. She's known for producing the 2022 docuseries Gaming Wall Street, currently streaming on HBO Max. Next to that, Tessa has developed, produced, and production managed multiple narrative feature films and documentaries for companies like A24, the NAACP, YSL, and David Guetta. Welcome, Tessa. That was a cool intro. I like that. Chief Idiot. Wait, <laughs> is that's right. That's what you said, right? Yeah, Chief no, idiot? I said Chief Idiot. I changed okay, it. cool, 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 cool. I change it up all the time. I think one of the other uh-huh. weeks it was Idiot Auteur. Mm. <laughs> so, well, you know, I mean, we're, we're still feeling it out. but um. I like that. So we're actually uh, coming to you today from... Uh, the Prodigium offices. We're actually we're on we're on the road today. We're not in the <laughs> in the podcast studio, which is my apartment. Um, yeah, this is a really cool spot, and uh, you might hear some uh, kitchen noises, but you know it's uh, it's that indie life. But uh, how are you, Tessa? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. This is really cool. This is fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Tessa has produced for for me. Uh, on a couple of films, uh, You Look Great, which is when I first met her, and then she also helped on Powerful Stuff, which is uh, still coming out, um, or whenever this drops, maybe it'll already be out, who's to say? Um, so the topic of the podcast today is producing, like what does that mean, uh, period, what does it mean on the indie level, how did you get into it, all that kind of good stuff. So. You you have a background in theater and dance, right? Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I don't really talk about that a lot when talking about producing, but but yeah, I guess that's like my introduction to the industry. Yeah, yeah, because mm-hmm. I, I was I was trying to think of like how you got into producing, and I don't know if I ever knew your origin story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so just walk me through it. How did you get from? like acting, theater, dance, and all that, to producing TV and film. Yeah. Um, So I grew up in a very creative but also practical family. My dad is an engineer and an entrepreneur. My mom was a teacher, but then my mom taught theater at the high school that she taught at. So... I actually grew up in a in a high school theater, and it was a re- it was like a nicer theater. It wasn't like these like small little little theaters. It was like really nice, and there was like great talent at that school. Um, and I just fell in love with it. And I I remember being little, and like my dad helped out. He did the lighting, and they would be painting the stage for like Bye Bye Birdie or something. And I was like running across the stage, like <laughs> pretending I was Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz, or I was like creating a costume or something and like wearing it and and singing like some song from the little mermaid or something and i just always 
just gravitated towards the stage part of it. I love painting and I love the background of it, but I always was like, I want to be on stage and I would like pretend to tap dance. And okay. So then I just like got into it and from there I just was singing and dancing and acting throughout childhood, throughout high school, did it in college, and then oddly enough, like I think producing found me instead of me finding producing. I think if you asked people when I was younger, what type of personality does Tessa have? I think people really wouldn't be like, oh, Take charge she's- badass. <laughs> yeah. I don't think people would be like, oh, she's just like an artiste and she's like mm-hmm. running around like being a ballerina. Like, I don't think people would say that. I don't think people would be, would be like, that's Tessa's like thing. I think when it comes to me, I think people would describe me as like, she's organized, she gets shit done. She's like, when she needs to be in charge, she's in charge. When she needs to step back, she steps back. Like, I think if you ask people what my personality was growing up, I think that's more of what they would say. So I Mm. think that maybe I didn't know that I was a producer and but when the time came I was like oh this 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 position fits so nicely as it as came if naturally. I fit, yeah it came yeah. so naturally and I think that I've been doing it my whole life I and and I guess like if I if I think back like I forced my my siblings to do the nutcracker like in front of my <laughs> like family you know I have like that very like I think every creative has that story where they're like we put on plays and like I made my siblings do this and like I was the one who like wanted to sing and dance but I also was the one who was like you're gonna cry now like you're you're the mouse and the nutcracker and you're gonna stab like my little sister like now like this is where the death scene is like I was like very directorial growing up too I was like just telling people what to do that all checks out that makes sense (laughs) yeah so I think like and I think that's really important for producing too is like and and this new i think that this there's like this newer position too of creative producing and that's what i Hmm. really really gravitate towards too is because like yes i i don't want to ever direct that's not the type of producer that i am i'm never like i'm gonna produce so i can direct like that's very interesting because i i don't know if i i mean i probably do but i think more so like on this level people produce out of necessity because they want to be creative so it's interesting that you're like pretty much entirely like producer mm-hmm, like that's mm-hmm. you that's like the end goal right yes and I don't want to do anything else but I do think because of my background and because of me going to acting class and being friends with a lot of actors and being friends with a lot of creative people and really just like my background story of of being born in Peru and being adopted like all those things add to the creativity mm-hmm. I can bring all that to the table when I do produce it is very easy for me to read a script and be able to know what the missing points are where the gaps are how to track I have that language to be able to speak with an actor or speak with a writer or speak with my producing team and director I'm able to to sort of guide the way and in so I'm not just in the background like I mean you have practical and creative language yes and I think that that's really what my background of growing up in Pennsylvania really gave me I would never I never want to 
I don't want to sell myself short of being like, oh, I just like, I didn't cut it out as an actor. And like, so I had to produce like, (laughs) no, like I wanted to produce. I got into a job that really helped me learn how to produce. I brought everything that I grew up with and all the things that I that I learned and I brought it to producing. And I think that's what a lot of creative producers do now. I think that's a lot of like high level producers, like you're guiding the ship creatively and also for logistics. So you had stage and dance. So how did Mm -hmm. you get into like, like screen stuff, like, like TV and film? Mm -hmm. Like were you, were you doing screen acting or, or how, yeah, how did you fall into that? So I went to school for music. I went to Cal State Northridge and my deal with my parents was that I can go for creative, but I also have to go with sort of like a business background too. Mm -hmm. So I went to school and I studied the business part of it, did contract law, uh, business management, took all like these business courses, but I was also able to sing and like be able to audition for things. And it was a really great experience. And I, in Northridge, most people don't know this, but it's in the Valley and it's like a 20 minute drive to Hollywood. Okay. And so I just got tons of experience like interning. And so I went to school for music. I wanted, because I started learning that I'm more of a boss, less of like a singer actor. <laughs> you were definitely not I, a boss. I was learning that about myself and I really fell in love with talent management. And I interned at a few places that really allowed me to grow in that and and learn that I do love that. Um, But unfortunately, when I graduated, there was a huge shift in the music industry where the independent labels were taking over and these like major labels were not really having as much talent or everybody was sort of going against the major label saying like we want more rights we want to be more in control of our music and so there was this shift that you know didn't really allow me to just apply to jobs like there was all the internships that I had really enjoyed having me I enjoyed working there but there were just there weren't any positions. Um, nobody in this agency type of talent management world, people leave their desk. Like people will go from the front desk to working as an assistant and then working as an assistant to like working as like a junior talent manager. And so you're sort of just like swapping your desk and you just sort of grow throughout the agency. But nobody was doing that. Everybody was just like holding on to their position oh. because the industry was changing and nobody really knew what was happening. So I went on, and people think this story is so funny. I went on, um, what is one of these, like, job? One of these, like... Indeed, monster. Yes, indeed, yes. I went on Indeed, and there was this position. It was called, like, Art. RPM partnership associate had no idea what it was Mm -hmm. it just said if you have intern experience at a like major label or something like that like this job is for you apply and so I applied and it was for a company called Maker Studios and if anybody knows the YouTube world Maker Studios ended up being a monster like a huge giant in like new media and so I got this job, had no idea what the position was. Mm-hmm. It was one of these like answer tickets things. Like it was just such a weird, weird job. We were, we were taking on YouTubers and like putting ad, ads on their channels and we would take a percentage and our, my job there was to like sign them on. 
but um, it ended up being such a weird job and 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 but I like some like my best friend I met there so I it was a great experience but then from Maker Studios they grew overnight like we became huge it was like just you know this group of people in this small office in Culver City and then overnight we were like getting another studio space and like we were getting this other office space and everybody needed hands like everybody needed people to do things and I have always just been someone who says yes and I got a promotion there I was able to learn about more of like the YouTube space and like what the artists do there and how you make content and making videos and brand deals and doing those deals with like coca-cola and i i just i learned so much from maker and then i went to define media and then from define media i went to thrillist and all through those three companies i was just gaining all this producing experience and i was doing contracts and i was signing talent and in a weird way like i was doing everything that i wanted to do i was working with talent i was making and i learned i had no background and i think that's why like i love podcasts like this is is because i didn't have a background in making video <laughs> i didn't go to film school yes yeah i was gonna ask so i yeah. didn't do any of that i just fell yeah, into it yeah, yeah yeah i just fell into it so you know long story short i basically had no idea that i was gonna produce never knew it until I got through those companies and I was like, wow, I really love this. I know how to do this and I'm gonna go indie and I'm like gonna be an independent producer mm -hmm. and I didn't have any experience and I just learned on the job. So that was, so that was like a lot of like production management. Mm -hmm. was, it, was it specifically um, for video content or was it like for everything? Um, Sorry, what do you mean for everything? So, so I, I mean like, um, you were, were you producing mm -hmm. like filmed content at all these companies or what was like, what were you like, what was the actual producing? So at the first two companies, I was doing more of like backend stuff. I was doing okay. more of like the contracts, bringing on oh, the okay. channels, yeah, guiding yeah. the channels, guiding them through brand deals, okay. um, helping channels work with like owned and operated properties of the company. A lot of these companies, they own tons of channels. And, and at that time, that was like, you know, that was the YouTube era of when these channels were booming and everybody was building their own studios and, and doing gaming and bringing in brands and everybody wanted their brands in these videos. And so I worked on more of the back end stuff. I wasn't working on, you know, saying like rolling, cut, like I wasn't doing sure, any sure, of that. Sure. But then when I went to Thrillist and that was a great opportunity. Um, and I definitely got my hands more dirty on like scripting and writing and, cool. and hiring the talent and seeing it go from the contract part to negotiations all the way through delivering a video and working with editors and working with directors. And so that company was really, and again, is this, is, is this place where they needed someone to say yes? And I always said yes. I was like, let me do anything. Like, mm -hmm. I just want to have my hands on everything. I want to learn here in this like safe space. And so I, so yeah, so Thrillist was more of the production experience. Yeah. So what can people producing film expect to have to, to do? Like, I mean, that's like a, that's a huge question, mm -hmm. right? Um, but like, assume, you know, like people are just getting started with like little money. Like, how do we, how do we get um, from the page to the screen? 
I mean, it really depends on what phase you are in in your own career. I would say if we're talking about someone who is maybe coming from a place like where you and me were, like you, I produced, your short film was the first thing I let. I had producing credits on all this other stuff at these other companies. Like I was able to, from a corporate standpoint, produce them. But your short film was the first time where there was no one to answer to. The only yeah, person to answer you. to was me. Yeah. I was just like, please help. Yeah, so, so I would say for that level, what you can expect is to do everything um, sure. at that level. What is everything? And that, Define <laughs> yeah, everything. Yeah, I mean, I think that's also so funny is like even on bigger shows that I've worked on now because that was like what? That was eight years ago? No, not that seven That years was ago? Uh, 27, November 2017. Okay. So uh, five, yeah, five. Five now, years five ago. Now, yeah, so, so, so I've, so I've grown, right? And yeah. in the time, in the productions that I'm on now, people still don't know what I do. <laughs> like people still like even in this industry where it's like very standard, people still don't know what producing is. So I would say if, at that level that you and me were for you look great, it was like anything and everything. It was yeah. like buying crafty, like carrying the crafty up the the stairs ourselves, like dealing with the talent, like locations. texting them, locations. And and that's all stuff that I still do, but but it's a little bit it's a little bit more um, overseeing now. It's less like me actually going no that's a lie sometimes i do go to the grocery store and buy crafty that is something i, right, I try right. to find myself it's it's just it it depends on the show and and who we have and the, what the budget can How big allow the team is. and yes but for something like you you look great it was just everything and anything and it was a blast i like yeah. i only have stressful, but fun. it was stressful but i have good memories yeah and, yeah and now at so now with with bigger shows and stuff there's more complications right like you're dealing with unions you're dealing with SAG right. you're you're dealing with a uh, child actors you're dealing with all these policies you're dealing with you know on you look great we were dealing with the location of like having the location owner actually open their location for us <laughs> but now um on these bigger productions you're dealing with like the location manager you're dealing with whether animals are on the location you're dealing with um like la film or new york you're dealing with the actual city of what you're allowed to do and the permits that you have to get and if you're dealing with fire you have to have the fire department like the list goes on so it's 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 your I think that the answer is so still so broad like it is you are really, really broad. doing anything and everything but at a smaller scale you definitely are you're more hands-on but then at a bigger scale it's like you're less hands-on but you still have a bunch of like shitty things happening all well, at once yeah, where you still feel like super stressed and and like you are doing everything and anything to, to make it happen yeah yeah I, I... I, I feel like it's a lot of stuff that people don't really think of that needs to, to, to get done, right? It's just mm-hmm. like we were talking about, like, all right, you need uh, crafty, which is which is like catering, you know, mm-hmm. snacks and set that up. You need to schedule a lunch. You need 
mm-hmm. well, I guess the AD sends out call sheets, but you know, it's 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 other kind of stuff. It's like speaking with locations. It's all these stuff that all this stuff that say you as a, a director or you as like writer director like you want to try and give that off mm-hmm. as best you can because if you're like caught up in that I think that's sort of like it'll slow production down it'll maybe dampen creativity yeah and it's it's tricky because like when you have you know low money or quote-unquote no money I mean you sort of have to like by default uh, produce too like that's something I've been saying on a couple of episodes is yeah. whether or not you call yourself a producer expect to do producing duties in some capacity at least at this level yeah and I think um, a good a good solid producer will create this really nice bubble for the crew and for the director I think that that's what I aim for every time I work with work on a job is that it's my job to create the safe space for the director. It's my job to create a space where the director can arrive at set and just worry about the shot list. Just yeah. worry about talking to what the a luxury. DP. Yeah. <laughs> just worry about visiting the trailers with the actors in it and getting them to a place where they need to be. That's the bubble that I really want to create for the director. The bubble that I want to create for crew is that they're getting paid on time, that they're able to come to work and they don't have to worry about when the check is actually going to come, if there's going to be food today, like if there's going to be any issues with weather or we create the space where everybody comes confidently to their job and they're allowed to do their job. So that's that's a lot of pressure for a producer, but that is sure. what we a good producer, good producers really strive for is to really create the space for everybody so they can do their job and we're the ones who are running in the background trying to pick up all the pieces right. and, and the mess improvising, and, adapting. And yeah, and nobody else knows that's happening. They're just able to be like, I'm the director, I'm a key grip, I'm a gaffer, like this is my job that I'm worrying about and I'm here to only worry about that and do a great job at that. And the producing is the thing that's happening behind the curtain. Right. I mean, it's it's a lot of like kind of just like ensuring you have the, the best shot mm-hmm. at a smooth production. And then also, I mean, being a producer is like you're, you're, you're basically a project manager and like fixer. Like, it's mm-hmm. just kind of like, so when you're on set, it's just like, or if something comes up, it's just like, all right, we got to, we got to move and figure it out now. And how do we do this? How do mm-hmm. we coordinate all the, the um, resources we have to solve this um, problem? And so I think maybe it might be good to sort of be like, all right, what is stuff you can expect to do before set, on set, after set? Mm-hmm. Like, For like a beginner or something? Yeah, like what I mean, let's, let's, let's say, let's, um, let's just, um, well, I know that you're, uh, you have a, a big background in documentary but let's mm-hmm. maybe like stick with like narrative okay. narrative for a second mm-hmm. like um yeah what do you do before signing on a pro- onto a project or what do you like what do you consider like before signing onto a project what i consider before signing onto a project is a script and people who are passionate about the project and people who have a vision um i really love to make sure all the rewrites are done before we get any actors involved. It's a little bit of a chicken and egg, of course, because in order to get a project being made, you do need attachments, but 
you know, as a as a new as a new producer, you you definitely want to make sure that the project that you're working on is going to be seen and you're going to be really proud of it. I think there's projects where, yeah, like you just want experience and you just want to get your hands on logistics. That's great too. Do those because yeah. you don't want to be you don't want to be working with somebody who's like you know, on on a whole different level and you're sort of there playing pickup and you're like, I've never done this before. Like, do all the projects that you're just like, it's an it's a it's an okay script and and the director and I get along and we're in this for the ride together and we're gonna do something that where I get something for my resume the director gets something for their resume yeah. like those projects are all very valuable too but yeah like do rewrites and like do scripting and do development and then and then you know when the little I'm assuming that at this level it would be very very little amount of money so then just when the money comes like budget and do all the pre-production yeah. and prep is the most important thing just work solid days of just starting with locations and talent and getting contracts i think that's the biggest thing that producers young producers um tend to forget is that everybody has their own world everybody wants to um maybe move on to something else if if they find another better project have that contract with that actor mm-hmm. be like you you signed on to this like let's you know we're we're, we're committing to each other um, of course people can quit and stuff even with a contract but if you're getting all these signatures and stuff it really solidifies the project and when you get a signature from a location it like really solidifies that you can show up to that location and they're sure. going to be yes. there so it's just you know it's it's work on all the paperwork don't put that to the side don't put that on the back burner um, and and make sure production meetings happen. Make sure those prep meetings happen. Make sure that your directors as prepared as possible. With these smaller, newer projects, you also have to remember that everybody else is sort of newer to this process too. So never think in the back of your head like, oh well, the director's doing you know what the director knows what to do. It's like, well, the director's newer too. Like, have a meeting, talk about what the director's doing, and like have that back and forth. Like. In these smaller productions, nothing is too much. You know, don't ever feel like you're bothering the director, you're bothering the DP. Like, you're all learning together. And and I know on the smaller beginner stuff that I was a part of, I loved, like, the way that we work together. I never felt like I had to come to you and and be like I'm so sorry I don't know this like it was just like let's figure it out let's just let's figure it out we're both figuring this out right where um so yeah like then then you're going through all the prep and stuff and never be afraid to really dive into prep as much as possible Mm -hmm. and then the shooting and the shooting is just a little bit of a train that goes so I don't know if I have too much advice there but it's like being but if you do good prep then you're then you're ready for the production train to, to leave the station. And that's just putting out fires as they come up. Yeah, and it's really just putting out fires, especially at the, the beginning stages. It, it is all about listening to every single person on that set. 
at bigger productions, you probably won't talk to somebody like the second AC. Like everybody has their own report that they report yeah, to, so yeah. you probably won't get to know those people as much. On the smaller ones, you you're know doing everybody. everything. You know everybody. You know everybody, and everybody can come to you. You're solving everything. You're putting out all the fires. So that is that is sort of what you see in those stages. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think there was ever an instance where I think either of us felt um, shy or uncomfortable saying something. The the thing that's always been extremely useful to me, you know, because I'm coming coming from the sort of, you know, uh, flowery, creative, artiste side is that, you know, having someone who's very, you know, um, pragmatic and, 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 you know, has a good mind about time and, and like sort of you know, bigger picture and how this affects that department. It's good because it's just like you'll give me like a little bit of push where it's just like, all right, you know, it's just like you don't have time for this or you need to consolidate this or, you know, if we're going to make lunch, we need to do that. And I mean, like that's sort of AD duties too, but I mean, it's kind of producer stuff. everyone's duties at that stage. Like at that stage of making a short film, your, your new short film or something or... It's everyone's problem. Right, right. And I, I think it's just like you need to work with somebody who you can uh, comfortably have those conversations with. Because a, a lot of times, mm-hmm. I'll, you know, I'll, not butt heads, but it's just kind of like, you know, it's like, all right, I need, this is my thing. I, it's like you come to me and you say like, look, this is what we're working with. If we have this problem. We have that time constraint what do you absolutely need? And I'm like, I absolutely need this. And you're, and then you'll say like, do you really need it? And I'll be like, yes. And you're like, all right, problem solved. And so it, mm-hmm. it's sort of like checks and balances. It's just like, I'm really going to be like, do you need this? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, and if I feel you have the need, then I'll back off. Yeah. I mean, that's like why I love producing so much is because you're constantly navigating those relationships, right? Like you're constantly Mm -hmm. having to read the room and having to read your partner and really creating that partnership before you get on set. Um, I, I love having great personal, like, friendships with the people that I work with like yeah. that we can go grab a beer afterwards or something because there are difficult conversations that you have to have like butting heads and being like you don't need all those shots <laughs> like you just don't need it and if you're coming at it from a place of not being that person's friend or not being that person's not you know really building that trust then that person's going to be like well the director I should say director the director is going to be like I don't trust you. I don't or trust that you're doing what's best. Yes, I don't trust that you're doing what's best for the project. So I love making sure that that happens and that no matter what, everybody can trust that I'm here for the project. I'm not here for my own ego. I'm not here for my right. own schedule. I have nothing else going on except for this. So it's like this is our baby. And we have to talk about how to take care of the baby right now, but we want to do what's best for the baby, so let's move forward together. And I think that's kind of like the relationship that we had, which was really nice. Yeah, 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 no, for sure. And it's it's interesting because I think maybe before I was I started filmmaking, I think like the the term producer, um, maybe it was like a little romantic to me because I didn't know exactly what a producer did. I think a more maybe appropriate title would be project manager. It doesn't sound as good. But I mean, like a producer, it's, it's, 
it's it's kind of not glamorous work, and I in mm-hmm. some respects it's like all right, you have the creative, and and you're and you're you know you're you're helping shape the project to get it to set and make it run smoothly, but it is very logistical, and I think you have to sort of enjoy um, those creative developmental stages, and you also have to enjoy like the the deadline driven like mm-hmm. this person needs to be at that location at this time and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I. It definitely is romanticized. I think everybody's like, oh, the red carpets and hanging out with actors and knowing really rich people. And um, I would say that's like the top like 1% of like producers or, you know, people that just are able to use their names and they're, but most of the time, I would say even like 99.9% of the time, those producers have spent their whole entire careers, you know, running through mud with pigs and stuff for their director or like picking up a crying actor off the floor (laughs) or like, you know, cleaning up throw up from an actor or something who was like, you know, went on a rager the night before. Like, I, I think that even though there are these producers who, you know, have great films, under like under their names and maybe they did very little but it's all because they've built their whole career up to get to that point where they can use their name value and and add it to to the project so i think that the yes there are that is some of producing but i would say the majority of producing is like doing all this like hard labor crazy stuff to be able to get to that point where you get to be a part of really cool projects and, and maybe do minimal work yeah so on, on the lower scale, I think when, before You Look Great, uh, which was my, my, my obviously my first short film, mm-hmm. I didn't know, I mean, I had next to no idea of like how how much in the, in the way of logistics there would be. And then I was just like, you're right, I probably need a producer. And I, I guess it just becomes, <laughs> like when I found... I was just like, yeah, I probably, I probably need, a need a producer. And yeah. I think that's the thing is just like even on this lower scale, I think really try to get somebody for that position or a couple of somebody's really mm-hmm. um, because it's going to be more work than than you expect it to be. Um, yeah, yeah, it's always more work no matter what. I think even um, – you know sometimes we do this one these like one-off shoots or something like we'll at prodigium the the company i produce for we'll do like a one-day shoot for a company or something you know we're just hired for production services and i think every single time you know something like that comes through there is part of me that is like whoo that's easy i could do that in my sleep Mm. but then there's always something you know there's always something that comes up and there's always you know there's always a mini fire and like no matter how small the project is you're working with a bunch of personalities you're working with tons of you know different ways of thinking you're people's you know, you become people's therapists. You become people, you have to emotionally talk people off ledges. Like, yeah. there's, when you're working, I always, I don't know who said this to me, but they, maybe it was like a pod, podcast or something because I listen to so much stuff. But it was like, when there's more than two people, you need a producer. Because it's like, once you get that third person in there, it's like everybody wants to run in opposite directions. Everybody has their own thing going on. So you always, 
uh, like producers are always needed because you just need that one person who's like eye on the prize. We gotta get to right. the order. We I, gotta get to point B. I think before uh, shooting, you look great. I I, I considered like producer as sort of like uh, you know like a luxury like do I really need a producer that sounds like a lot but I mean it's an invaluable resource it's somebody who has your back it's somebody who's gonna you know put out fires and solve problems and I think it's you know a critical part of any filmmaking team even on like the smallest of scales it's Mm -hmm. just like you just need that person with a little bit of know-how or a lot of bit of know-how or at least the drive to, you know, not let you fall, to be your safety net. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, I mean, I, we're in, I guess this is a space of like, well, do we have a budget for it or someone working for experience? And I think, you know, you kind of either need to find some money for it or you need to find somebody who needs credits because like you're, it will be night and day having a producer or producers behind your project. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think a lot of and I, this was a this was a few years ago. I found myself in a spot where I had enough experience where people were like, "Oh, you're very valuable," but it was also at this point where they're like, "Can we pay for your value?" And I think a lot of producers, if you haven't experienced that, you will. And if you have already experienced this, like you definitely know that people just feel like our job is replaceable, that you Hmm. can just maybe add different parts of our job to the director or different parts of our job to something. Yeah. (laughs) Or like to or just call it like. A production manager plus or something like that like when people come to me and they're like you're gonna production manage plus I'm like you mean produce like you mean (laughs) that's what you're saying but you just don't want to pay me the producer rate so it's it is like a lot of producers sort of get I don't know they they hit the spot where they're like do I keep going because people don't really value my position and I always like to I played basketball when I was younger and I definitely compare it to being the point guard. Like you as a point guard on a basketball team, you are never worshiped for winning. You're never worshiped for no the glory. Play. No glory. There's no glory. But the second you lose, everyone's looking at you. Like, why didn't you lead your team better? Uh, and it's the same thing with producing. And I think maybe that's why I love this challenge so much, is because hmm. I'm constantly having to show up and show my worth and 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 show people especially as like is like a, a latina like indigenous producer too like i have to show up and and show people like no you're you're paying me this rate because i am the one who's getting this to the finish line like everybody yeah. else has their own focus and you need someone who has a un, like that umbrella and you're really seeing the whole project from like a bird's eye view um, so yeah, I think a lot of producers will will shy away from it because you just don't get any glory, and you see all the directors get the glory and stuff. But it, it's so it's so invaluable. Like you cannot you can it you everybody needs a producer. Yeah, and I mean, uh, as someone coming up through you know indie film, I mean you're gonna have to do all of the logistics, and really it's like being able to have all of these skills, I mean, it becomes marketable. It becomes a way for you to work, 
in mm. film in mm-hmm. TV you know it's just like everyone would love to like yeah I'd love to just be an actor or you know mm-hmm. or, or whatever I'm sure someone would love to just direct but like if you've got this skill set you know you can be hired on projects and maybe that'll you know forge connections that'll let you be able to do other jobs or it'll mm-hmm. spark your uh, drive to be a producer mm-hmm. even more and so it's uh, not only is it valuable to have that person but it's just valuable to know how to do all that stuff yourself mm-hmm. yeah 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 I mean I feel like not everyone is meant to produce I no. would definitely I would say yes learn as much as you can is the same thing like directors need to learn how to edit you want the second you know more about editing you'll know more about what you're shooting and what it will look like when you get to the editing bay like you're able to see that through because you have physically you know looked at the tracks and was like wow like this whole like 20 minutes of doing all these takes over and over and over again was like so worthless so when you're in the director you you know like that is the sort of thing like do it all when you're new to the industry do it all I did it all you know I I was like getting coffee. I was getting, you know, doing all this other stuff. I was like wrangling animals at one point. Like I was just like, I said yes to everything. So I think, yeah, like say yes to everything and know everything. And if when you're an actor who has produced a few short films or even gone further in in your career, producing career and done bigger, bigger shows, like when you're acting, like you know how it goes. You're nicer probably. You're like, oh, we're an hour late. I'm sitting in my trailer. At least I'm not the producer in this right. time. Like, at least, like, I'm just sitting in my trailer. Like, so there's things that you, yeah, you learn from from learning other skill sets on set. Is Has there been any sort of difference between producing narrative versus producing documentary? Um, I would say definitely between... Um, physical production and post post is just way heavier in documentary the the story is really built in post the editor has such more power and control over the story and and you'll see in some of the credits like some of the uh, editors do have like co-directing credits or something like that because they just and producers too like there's the post-production is so heavy in documentary where the physical production documentary is like you usually like have a really tight crew you don't need that much for a sit-down interview you don't need that much for verite so you're kind of tighter um when it comes to seeing the project through i don't think there's that much of a difference because you have to care just as much you have to work with the director as closely um in post you definitely get more say in what the story is because in documentary in documentary because you are not basing it off of a script that was written Interesting. Right, right, you right, are right. building it with the director and the editor and and hopefully by that point you and your director are you know tied at the hip and get the story and know what you've been shooting for like the last two years or whatever you've been physical shooting but um yeah i would say but when it comes to to care and stuff and seeing a project through, it's still the same. You still gotta like get all the contracts and try to sell it to a studio and like do all of the deliverables and everything mm-hmm. is similar. Do you feel like on narrative, did you have or have you had um, more of a desire to have a creative 
uh, handprint on things, or or, mm-hmm. or were you okay always just kind of being logistical? Um, I think I I definitely take pride in building these bubbles. Like I was talking about, like building these like really safe bubbles for everyone. Um, and that's like enough work for one person to take on. So, so jumping into the creative is is sometimes difficult. But um, well, do, I, I mean, do you like, feel comfortable? Like, do you feel like there's a space for you to be creative, or it's just kind of like should a producer sort of know that they're kind of more behind the scenes and they got other stuff going it on? It just depends. I'd say yeah. like it depends on how close you are with the director. Some some directors are super comfortable like really going through things with the producer and, and the writer and it kind of being like this pod, creative pod. Um, I would say on bigger shows you definitely have a producer producer who's more dealing with the studio or being that liaison between the studio and and production and then you have this position of creative producer and that's someone who like does not touch logistics at all. like they're just <laughs> not like, scheduling they're, lunch yeah they're just they're 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 not talking to like the first ad or anything like that they're they're working with the director and they're in those meetings and they talk to the producers because they're they're liaisons with the the buyer of the studio so that um, position becomes very important because you're just guiding the ship creatively from a producer standpoint. Um, but then there's some things where like I become the creative producer and producer and I might get credit for producer, but I definitely know I had, you know, the the Tessa like stamp of approval or whatever creative thing like that was there and I can watch certain things and be like oh yeah like I love that scene like I really loved working that out with the writer and the director like I remember me making that joke that yeah. made it into the final cut like yeah there's our it depends on the group that you're working with and who allows who to do what but yeah I've definitely had moments where I watch things back and I'm like oh I loved I love being part yeah. of that creatively yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think this is just uh, something that came to mind. Can you tell any uh, fun horror stories? Like, what are some things that have pushed you oh, as a producer? God. Like, what are, what are like, like fires you've had to put out? Oh no! I, I mean, if I can talk about them. So yeah, I mean, um, we had some good ones on. You look great. <laughs> Um, so, uh, like horror stories is definitely my jam. I love sharing my misery, um, <laughs> and I think that's why I love like getting beers with other production people because like everyone has horror stories. Yeah. yeah. Um, our famous horror story was locations where we lost a location the night before. Um, we were we had like the, fifteen extras. Yeah. Or, or yeah, maybe yeah, maybe like t- between ten to fifteen extras, all you know, very graciously mm-hmm. working for food, and uh, you know they were all scheduled to arrive at like ten or eleven, and you know we lost a location mm-hmm. a day or two before, and or no, the night was before it, it was the night before, yeah, it was the night before. I ran to a coffee shop. Was trying to get internet. Was trying to book another thing. We I were trying to find yes, an office. Yes, trying to find an office, which is if you have done locations in New York, finding an office is literally like the bane of my existence. Yeah, I would say just as a, as a as a general note in indie film, try not to shoot shit in offices. Don't write. Don't write <laughs> office stuff unless, unless you, love you it. have an office. Oh, you have a connection. Yes, unless you have a offices connection. don't want you filming. Yes, so. So yeah, we like I booked something, and then the guy said yes. 
But then he was part of like the he was like the CEO, but then the COO saw the message or something and was like, You're definitely not shooting there. And she called me in the morning and she's like, You're not shooting there. And I was like, But your CEO said yes. And it was just this whole back and forth. We had extras waiting and I was negotiating with them and the CEO was like in Barbados or something like that something yeah and she was like running on a treadmill like too busy (laughs) for my shit you know she was like what are like stop bothering me but then be I guess it kind of went in our favor that the two um like C-suite, the three C-suite people from that company were in different time zones in different countries because the one, the other guy who was like a CFO or something, he was like camping somewhere in California or something. And so they were not communicating well. And I should probably not be saying this, but I don't know who will listen to this. I mean, we we got to do what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. And they were not communicating well. And so I took a little bit of advantage of that. And I played a little stupid because sometimes that's something sometimes the producers need to do, too. You need to know when to strategically be strategically pretend to be stupid. Um, there's another story about parking in LA where I had to pretend to be stupid too. So, but, <laughs> but it is, it is finagling things. And, and so they weren't communicating well. And so the CEO who was like in a different country, he was like, no, 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 it's totally fine. It's totally fine. I'll just, I was like, oh, but the other girl lady isn't texting me back. She doesn't want to give us the, the door truth. code. But I didn't say it's not because she didn't want to give us the door code. I just said the other lady's not texting us back, which technically is the truth. Yeah. So he was like, oh, I'll just message this guy, the CFO or something like that, to to give you the thing because I don't remember it or something. Like, he'll he'll handle it. And then he's like, hey, like, I'm in the middle of the wilderness. I'll text you (laughs) at some point when I have, like, something. Like, he just, like, kept messaging me these random messages, like, intermittently like throughout the morning or whatever and then finally a message came in through him which was like a five digit code and yeah. I ran to the door and I put in the code and we, we were, were like an hour behind in. or something and the lady found out and she was really pissed off but then I negotiated with her she got totally calmed down talked her off the ledge she sent a location rep yeah. over to us to watch us for to that babysit, day yeah. which was fine and then, yeah, everything ended up being fine and everyone ended up being okay. But that's like a fire and that was a horror. That yeah. was a that was like a really big, in that moment of my career, that was a huge horror nightmare because I was like, <laughs> this is the first thing I'm producing on my own. I have no yeah. boss. Like, I'm literally out in the wilderness. I'm in the wild, wild west right now of like Manhattan shooting an indie short film. So me, like I was shitting bricks. Yeah. So, and then... But then everything ended up being okay, and I learned from that. And now I just like take that lesson right, on right. with me. Right, right. And and you know, unless you're sort of like you know, shooting in a park or shooting in your apartment, it's just like you have to anticipate like stuff like that will come up. And I, you know, I was acting and directing, which I continuously say, don't fucking do it. Um, and mm-hmm. it's just like I I can't imagine trying to field those phone calls while trying mm-hmm. to get everything creatively going, and also you know, sort of talking to like all the friends that were as extras. So it's just Mm -hmm. like, I mean, that would, I mean, the day would have not happened if that was my responsibility, you know? Mm. That's a good realization. I'd never thought about it like that. Yeah, because I mean, like there was, I mean, even though I was like 
actor director i mean there's other stuff that i have to consider between like you know gear and crew and and and, and the scheduling of extras right, who has to come also and go you were when. trying you had to figure out the day because we were losing hours so it was like, like two how hours. many do how like how do i cut my shot list now because we're not in our location so you right. have to worry about that I and about i'm not one. yeah and the producer's job is to not jump in there and be like let's like creatively figure out how we're gonna get like the next 10 hours done it's like no you're supposed to be over there trying to get, get us in the, the office yeah. so it's it's like yeah like producers really need to know when to step in when to not step in when to let people do their job when to do your job like when but also when the appropriate time is to jump in and do someone else's job mm. plenty of times where producers have to go on set and tell the ad like let's keep going yeah we gotta keep moving what's the issue here are you are you getting too much pushback from the director like what's the hr situation here yeah and so when the producer goes on set everyone knows time is ticking and we all gotta like focus and we gotta you know right. move so you never want a producer to come on set but as a producer, you should know when the appropriate time is to go on set or yeah. do do step step in. And uh, it's um, with regards to like who do who does what or taking on other responsibilities. When like you look great was my you know it was my first uh, short film as as a filmmaker you know primarily just an actor and I felt you know obviously the story was very personal to, uh, personal to me but I think I felt a degree of responsibility where I have to oversee everything in in a, at least a small way and I think what you were good about was saying like. Justin, don't don't fucking touch Crafty. Or Justin, like go mm. go go talk to uh, uh, Chris, your DP. And I think mm. being able to delegate is something that I have had to kind of learn um, through each film because I don't, you know, when the money is low or people are working for favors, I think it's harder. Uh, to sort of gauge what is a reasonable expectation, what is mm -hmm. a reasonable ask. And I think you have to kind of get comfortable delegating and maybe the producer needs to be like, you know, what do you need me to do? Don't do it yourself. It's, you know, it's hard right. to know. But you know, like, this is more for newer directors. The most rewarding thing for crew who are doing a favor is, is having a producer who really cares, who created a really great bubble for everyone. But then a director who is really to direct, like directing the shit out of it, and like really focusing, and you get to see it on screen. They get to come to the premiere screener, like whatever it is, and they get to see that their work, you know, was worth it. Them putting in that favor was worth it. Yeah. So I think sometimes people look at the immediate thing and they're like crafty like looks messy right now like we we need like i need to do this and i need to clean this up like especially when you're like shooting a short film for like five thousand dollars like yeah. you do want to touch everything and like and not you the the poor little yeah, you the director, yeah. yeah like the director like like or people just in general like on production um they want to make sure everything is like perfect because in the moment you want people to feel great yes but let the producer deal with that because if that producer is not going around making sure that you know production is right, running the right, show right. great then they should probably like they might be newer to producing but maybe like 
they're they're new to producing. They're they're yeah. trying, you know they they should probably be doing better, right? But as a director, your job as a director is to make sure that everybody's time was worth it, and like you are making something that everybody's going to be super proud of because this is why producers don't get credit is because no one remembers the way the production was run. Yeah. Everyone remembers what's the glory on the of picture. The movie. Yes. Yeah. Everyone's like, "Oh, that's like what we made." No one cares that all the contracts were signed on time and everybody right. had their releases and nobody was bothered about that months later. Like nobody thinks of that. So yeah, like I can, I in in a delegation is key, and and delegation is something that a lot of people have trouble with. Yeah, I think I mean it's a learning curve because uh, you know obviously as director mm-hmm. you you know you want to focus almost entirely on creative, and so it mm-hmm. becomes like like I said, I just like I, it's hard to know what is an appropriate ask and what is like too much, just because your team is kind of small and you don't want to like you know you don't want to burden one person and you don't also want to feel like someone is only doing dishes or super menial tasks i mean it's you have to kind of expect that Mm -hmm. with producing but you know i I think like the producer director relationship is very interesting i mean i have minimal um experience directing but it 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 does i've always felt like oh do i to put complete trust in a producer is just like as a young director i'm just like oh man is this gonna get done but you kind of have to like take that leap of faith yeah yeah yeah. No, I think that's why I also gravitate towards producing is because as a producer, you just know that everything falls onto you. So when you're delegating, when you're doing it yourself, when you're working with your production team, like it's all your fault. <laughs> like it's all your fault. Like when sure. something wrong goes happen, when something goes wrong, it's all your fault. So there's no like me thinking like Tessa, should you do that or should you delegate that? The answer is always yes. Right. Yes, I need to step in. I need to make sure that that's getting done. I need to make sure someone has eyes on that. I specifically tell my team when I don't have eyes on something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you got 50 background for tomorrow, like. Contract signed, everything's good. People are delegated to costumes, to makeup. They know what they're doing. If my if my production partner is is like saying yes to all of that, and I'm like, I'm taking eyes off of it. Yeah. I'm taking eyes, I'm walking away. Everything should run perfectly. You seem to have it handled. And then the next day, if something's not handled, then I gotta have a discussion. I gotta right, be like, right. I said I was gonna, I was taking my eyes off of it. So it's just communication, and, and it's all yes. like producing is all about communication and and just making yes, sure. Yes, you have that to be things, a great communicator. Yes, you gotta make sure that all all your people are out there doing their job. And if somebody isn't doing their job or there's a gap, then you communicate and you make sure the gap is filled. Yeah, I mean, and if, you, if you're somebody who likes working under pressure or you have a type A personality or you're mm-hmm. an adrenaline junkie, it, producing will suit you right. It is, you yeah. know, it's, it's, a great, it's a great position. Yeah. Um, have yeah. you talked to other producers here? Uh, for the podcast? Mm-hmm. No, no. Just oh. just you, just you. I mean, I think I've worked with, I've talked to other people who've mm-hmm. made films and therefore mm-hmm. did producing, but someone who's just like, producer, producer? No, I mean, that's mm. that's why we called you, because that's you. You're, you're the... Uh, so the funny. expert here, so. What if I was like, and I have a new album out, and I just want to. <laughs> you just want to advertise. <laughs> just want to plug my new album. Well, you can. No, 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 no. There's no album. There's no <laughs> yeah, album. Yeah. There's, no, there's no album. But yeah. 
Uh, well, this has been awesome and insightful. And I guess I would cool. say, do you have any uh, last words of idiocy and wisdom? Anything you'd like to, to mm. leave the people with? To new producers, I don't. Are there people like I? I always, I never know if people want to produce. Like, even when I have my production team underneath me, like coordinators and that, I'm like, I'm like, do you want to produce? Like, is that your goal mm. here? I mean, one, I ask them because I want to know that you, I'm giving them the proper tasks. I'm letting them do what they love to do. And I'm like, but if they're like, no, I'm more of like a, a PM who will like wants to direct or something, then I'll like, you know, focus stuff on more for that so I just always like I guess and then also I maybe it's an insecurity where I'm like do you really want to do what I do yeah yeah do you talk to a lot of people who are like I want to produce like I'm this is a genuine question like I just genuinely I always am asking people like I always expect them to be like no 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 I mean I personally um having produced a couple of my own shorts I I've come to enjoy the process. There is a feeling of, I think, um, there is creative satisfaction being like, oh, I got this to set and made sure it ran mm-hmm. smoothly. And, um, you know, and it's just like what you were able to do for me in helping me realize my films, like to be able to do that for friends and get their passion projects off the ground, it feels really good. Even if mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, um, uh, in front of camera acting, which is like my my, my goal, it still mm-hmm. feels good to just support the community and producing mm-hmm. is a is a good way to do that. Yeah, I would say as somebody who wants to be a lifer and wants to live, breathe, die producing, I would say if there is any advice, it would just be say yes to everything. Don't be afraid know that there's plenty of people out there with huge resumes, huge IMDb's who don't know what they're doing. Like just know that yeah. everybody's figuring it out. There's tons of people in this industry who haven't gone to film school, me being one of them. Me too. Um yeah, like just keep learning and and when you do mess up, say sorry. When you do mess up, communicate. Let the person know that you're trying to figure it out. Never try to be above anything and being and try to hide the problem or trying to hide that maybe a paycheck is coming in late. Like, say sorry. Say accountability that, is big. Yes, be accountable, and people will receive that so much better than you trying to pretend like you know what you're doing. And right. people will be like, okay, this is someone that like meets me in the middle and is trying to be helpful and work with me not against me so yeah just like just continue to be a good person and and do the best that you can producing is is a lot about being just a genuinely good person you have to have great values you have to be doing things for everybody else at all times what is best for the project i always say like the the script is my bible and the director is my partner. And if I don't see it like that, then I know that I'm not always going to be making the best decisions. If I'm not always going back to what the script calls for and what the director's vision is, I just know that people will start going in different directions and different paths. So just always do what's right and, and live have like a good moral compass. Mm. Beautifully said. Aww. <laughs> 
Well, cool. Thank you, Tessa, for joining us here on the Indie Idiot. This has been invaluable, and I hope uh, to anyone who's listening, it's given you a little bit of insight into how to make things happen. So, uh, until next time. Thanks. Bye.